This podcast is produced by members of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but it is not an official podcast of the church. All thoughts, opinions, and views expressed are strictly those of the authors and speakers. Welcome back to the I Believe in Christ podcast. I am your host, Conrad Southworth. Um, Welcome back to the 17th episode of this podcast. I think it's episode 17. Anyway, um, this is the podcast where we go over the Come Follow Me curriculum for individuals and families from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and we cover some church news. Um, Real quick, if you want to learn more information or check out show notes, you can go to ibelieveinchrist.net. If you'd like to email me, you can email me at podcast at ibelieveinchrist.net. Uh, Facebook and Instagram, you can follow the podcast and get alerted on um, when a podcast is uploaded and stuff. So my wife, uh, she helps me out there and does posts, but that is Facebook and Instagram, uh, I believe in Christ podcast all together. And then um, on Twitter at I believe underscore pod. I have a Patreon account if you'd like to help out with like hosting fees or whatever. It's kind of a digital tip jar as some other people call it so um anyway that's patreon.com slash i believe in christ and then any music that you hear on the podcast is from colabyte um so you can follow them spotify itunes youtube soundcloud bandcamp a bunch of other sites so check them out um that's colabyte um and that's it that's uh welcome to the podcast um if you're returning Welcome back. If you're new, um, yeah, hopefully you enjoy the podcast. All right, for church news today, um, there wasn't a lot to report on, but the... Uh, Brazil's seventh temple is started its open house. So the uh, Fortaleza Brazil Temple of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Uh, free tours begin April 27th and go through May 18th, 2019, uh, which will be open except for Sundays. Um, so if you're interested, um, you can attend the tours. But go online and check out the pictures of this temple. It looks awesome. Um, a lot of really good photos inside and out of... Uh, what the temple looks like in the grounds, I think look awesome. So um, yeah, and that is it for church news this week. So um, pretty, pretty quick. But um, yeah, keep listening and we'll cover more in weeks to come and have covered more in past weeks as the church is very busy as we all know. Anyway, um, so that's it for church news. We'll move on to the Come Follow Me for individuals and families lesson this week. All right, the Come Follow Me for lesson this week for individuals and families is um I so it's April 29th through May 5th. I am the good shepherd. And this uh, lesson comprises chapters 7, 8, 9, and 10 of John. And so we're going to just quickly 
talk about these chapters and um, what's in the Come Follow Me manual. So um, let me just pull up my notes here. And um, yeah, so in John chapter 7, at the beginning, we have the Savior and his disciples in Jerusalem at the Feast of the Tabernacles. Uh, So the feast is a commandment given by the Lord from the time of Moses, and um, it just takes place in Jerusalem. Um, So the Savior's disciples were asking Jesus to go preach in Judea, like to the Jews, and basically prove that, hey, like, let them all know you're the Son of God. And Jesus was aware of what would happen if he was to do that. So he tells his disciples, you guys go and go to the feast and everything, and I'm going to, I'm going to go. And he goes over to the temple. But um, in verse 6, he says, My time is not yet come, but your time is always ready. The world cannot hate you, but me it hateth, because I testify of it, that the works of their sorry, that the works thereof are evil. And then in verse 8, he says, Go ye up unto this feast, I go not up yet unto this feast, for my time is not yet come. So he's telling them to just go. His time's not come because he knows if he goes and he starts preaching to these guys, um, they're, they want to kill him. Like, And what we read in a lot of these chapters is basically Pharisees just looking for ways that they can find fault in Jesus so that they can kill him. Anyway, so the Savior sent his disciples to the feast. He goes to the temple and teaches. And so uh, still in John chapter 7, uh, while at the temple... He's teaching and baffling these priests. Um, in verse 15, it says, um, And the Jews marveled, saying, How knoweth this man letters, having never learned? Um, and in verses 16 through 18, the Lord teaches important doctrine on how anyone can know things of God, um, even if they're not, you know, scholarly or, you know, go through tons of schooling or whatever. But um, in 16, uh, the Savior says, "My doctrine is not mine, but His that sent me. If any man will do, if any man will do His will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God, or whether I speak of myself." And verse eighteen, he says, "He that speaketh of himself seeketh his own glory, but he that seeketh his glory that sent him, the same is true, and no unrighteousness is in him." And so, cross cross referencing that with the manual. Um, it says that the Jews marveled that Jesus knew so much since he was not learned, at least not in the ways they were familiar with. In Jesus's response, he taught a different way of knowing truth that is available to everyone, regardless of education or background. And so, um, in Gordon B. Hinckley's book, Faith, the Essence of True Religion, um, sorry, President Gordon B. Hinckley said, um, Many people in the world seem unable to believe that by doing his will, they will know his doctrine. What they do not realize is that the things of God are understood only by the Spirit of God. There must be effort, there must be humility, there must be prayer, but the results are certain and and testimony is true. And so, if we reflect on that for a moment, and if you reflect on your own testimony and the things that you know to be true and think about this is what I did as I was studying this and start to think about how you know these things to be true. Um, these, these pieces of your testimony and just 
start, I don't know, reflecting on that. And so as I did that, I can tell you that in my life, it's mostly by trial and error. (laughs) Um, It's mostly like I wasn't doing things that I should have been. And as I began, I saw that the void that was there, that it was corrected. And I saw these promised blessings accompany my efforts to do the right thing. Um, and in other instances, better instances, I exercised, sorry, I exercised faith and hope in principles, and I saw my my testimony grow in those things. And so, um, just as I was studying this section, I really felt that what the Savior was saying here was very true. That it doesn't matter, you know, how much I study the life of the Savior or like scholarly intellect about Jerusalem or I don't know, things of that nature, but the a testimony doesn't come from that. It comes from knowing or doing the Savior's will or God's will. And that is how we end up getting a testimony for ourselves. Um anyway, moving on in um So that kind of closes out John chapter 7, and um, in John chapter 8, Jesus is again teaching in the temple, and the Pharisees bring him a woman who was taken in adultery, and it says, in the very act. Um, So in verse 5, it says, Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned, but what sayest thou? So this Pharisee is asking him, at bringing this woman to Jesus and saying, you know, we need to stone this woman, according to Moses, but what do you think? Uh, Jesus kind of just kneels down, or squats down, writes on the ground, as if he can't hear them, and they keep pestering him about it, and he responds in verse 7, and uh, says, he that is without, He that is without sin among you, let him cast a stone at her. And the Pharisees kind of begin to leave. It says one by one, they, they begin to leave from the eldest. And, um, you know, Jesus asked the woman, where are thine accusers? Uh, does no one accuse thee? And she says, you know, no man. Uh, and he says, neither do I. And he tells her to uh, go and sin no more. And um, from other... Uh, studies I've done on this story, they you know they always point out that um, he didn't forgive her for her sins for you know being adulterous, but he told her to sin no more, to change her life, and to correct it. And um, in the Joseph Smith translation, translation, uh, we read that she remained faithful from that hour and glorified God. And so, um, yeah, it was just a it was a good. Uh, lesson I, I thought, and, um, the, the Savior didn't ever take hope or condemn, uh, like, ah, sorry, I'm losing my words here, but he, he was always, he always gave people hope, especially sinners. Like he didn't ever tell them, you know, like he promised them damnation or, uh, do anything against them. Anyway, I can't think of what I'm trying to say. I apologize. Um, I'll write it down next time so I can articulate my thoughts. Um, anyway, so this 
adulterous woman. And then in uh, chapter eight, as it continues, there's this long conversation uh, with the Pharisees and Jesus Christ. And the Pharisees are trying to do all they can to find fault in Jesus so they can kill him. Like they're basically there wanting to kill Jesus. So they're just picking apart every single thing he says to find fault. Um, And then at the end of chapter eight, Christ says, in verse 58, uh, verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. So Jesus kind of gives them what they're seeking for here, and they're looking for a reason that they can kill him or stone him. And by him declaring, uh, he says, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. Uh, I am was the name that uh, God, uh, of the God that uh, revealed to Moses that he would be a prophet. So saying this to the Pharisees was blasphemous, and because of that, they tried to stone him. And so they all start freaking out. They try to stone him, but it says in verse 59, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. And that concludes chapter 8. And so I don't know if I saw a video of this or if it's just what I picture in my mind, but I always just picture like Jesus just walking out among them, like all sitting there getting all mad about it and flustered and they go to stone him and he just like walks through the middle of them and they're just kind of like, like they don't even realize that it's him. So uh, that might've been in like one of the church videos, but anyway, just what's in my mind. So uh, moving on in chapter nine, um, Jesus heals a man that was blind from birth and again, the Pharisees freak out um, because they're trying to find fault in Jesus. And it was the Sabbath day. And basically all of chapter nine is this long conversation uh, with this man that got healed and the Pharisees trying to figure out if he was actually blind. So they bring in his parents and people that knew him. And it's just one big conversation. And at the end... Um, he, Jesus comes to him and, uh, Jesus asks him if he believes that he is the son of God and he believes and worships him. And it's a, uh, a good story. So in the beginning of this story though, um, when they come upon him, it says, um, from the come follow me man manual, uh, it says, because negative consequences often follow sin we may view some of our misfortunes as the results of wrongdoing. However, when the Savior's disciples assumed that a man was born blind because he or his parents had sinned, Jesus corrected them. How do the words, sorry, how do the Savior's words in John 9:3 change your perspective about your challenges and the challenges of others? So in John chapter 9 verse 3, it reads Sorry, flip back a page here. Uh, Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be done, sorry, should be made manifest in him. So um, here, Jesus Christ answering them um, and telling them that this man basically has this so that God's work may be made manifest. And so... The manual here tells us to reflect that on our own lives when we're faced with challenges. How can we kind of find comfort in what the Savior is saying here and better understand the purpose of trials? 
And so um, I think, well, I think trials, obviously, they help us um, to progress. And it's basically why we're here. And so this man being born blind, um, to me, he was... To me, he was made born blind. Made born, he was born blind, so that the Savior could be there to heal him, to uh, to basically witness that he is the the Son of God. Um, and then moving into chapter ten um, and the last section from the manual, it says, "Who are the other sheep in the sa- the Savior referred to in John chapter ten verse sixteen? Um, so in chapter ten. Uh, this verse, which I love this verse because my grandmother, uh, I, think, I believe it was her missionary companion, wrote a book uh, about my grandmother's life called One Fold, One Shepherd. And so um, I just like that, the verse, other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them too, or them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. I might have butchered that. But... Um, the Savior talking about to you know to his disciples there in Jerusalem, um, which don't understand that the other people that he's talking about, but he's talking about the um, you know the inhabitants of the Americas and these other countries that these um, people in Jerusalem don't know anything about, and so as he's testifying that you know he has to visit all these people and bring them to him. Um, I don't know. I just. I like the scripture, and I like, uh, yeah, just, I guess, personal meaning, I guess, for me. Anyway, um, so lastly, in the ideas for family and, sorry, family scripture study and family home evening, um, so from John chapter 7, it says, how can you help your family understand Jesus' teaching um, within John chapter 7, verse 24? Um, and it says, one way is to go outside and get one member fa- or family member dirty. What might strangers think of this family member by looking at his or her outward appearance? Um, and so, real quick, 724. Sorry, I didn't have that one up. It says, uh, judge not according to the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. So... Um, I think this one would be fun. Just take one of your kids outside, throw them in the dirt, let them walk around the neighborhood and let people judge him. Just kidding. Don't do that. But uh, <laughs> uh, it says, so list some good qualities that this family member has that can't be seen by just looking at him or her covered in dirt um, or in dirty clothes or whatever it is. But um, among those other things, uh, it says improving personal study, which... I always like these endpoints, but it says, look for inspiring, inspiring words and phrases. As you read, the Spirit may bring certain words or phrases to your attention that inspire and motivate you, or seem to be written just for you. Consider making note of any words or phrases that inspire you in John chapter 7, verse 10. Um, and so I'm, like I said, I always like these end, these endpoints, but um, I mentioned one, the the one fold, one shepherd uh, verse that I enjoy. But um, yeah, so as you read through these scriptures, uh, four chapters this week to, to get through, um, that makes it sound bad if I say get through. 
four chapters to study, ponder, and read. Um, but um, some good content in here. And I hope that uh, by listening to this podcast, it helps you in your studying efforts. Like I say, if it doesn't help you, it's definitely helping me. So I appreciate uh, the followers and the listeners. And um, yeah, I think that's it for this episode. So um, if you need to get a hold of me, reach out on social media or email or anything and tune in next week for episode 18. But thank you very much and have a good week. And while I strive through grief and pain, his voice is heard, he shall obtain. I believe in Christ, so come what may. With him I'll stand in that great day. When on this earth he comes again, to rule among the sons of men.